Hey there, everyone. Before we start the podcast, as you all know, there's a lot of bad dating and love advice out there, and we want to put a stop to that. So if you're enjoying this podcast, you enjoy the content that we're putting out, please, can you leave a review wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast? It spreads a lot of love, and it really helps get this message out there so we can help more women just like you attract the love that they truly deserve. Go ahead and leave that review, and let's jump into the podcast. Stop having so many musts for yourself, right? Like I know we have clients, you know, they'll say like, I need to find a partner by December or by the time I'm 42 or by the time this happens. It's like, that's unnecessary pressure. That's actually not gonna help you find the person that you want. Welcome to the Love Strategies Podcast, where we help successful women attract high-value men, date with a strategy, and improve their relationships. Now, whether you're single or dating or in a new relationship, we're here to help you dive into the male mind and provide raw insights found nowhere else, backed by science, psychology, and our own personal experiences. Your hosts today are myself, Adam LaDolce, professional dating coach and founder of Love Strategies, and Dr. Gary Lewandowski, a relationship scientist, professor, and our head relationship coach here at Love Strategies. Please share with a friend and enjoy. All right, Gary, today we're going to be talking about some of the dilemmas that daters face when they're getting out there and just kind of jumping into this topic. We don't have a ton planned, right, Gary? You want to just keep this pretty casual because you mentioned your wife said, we need to just do more ad hoc content, right? Yeah. So it turns out my wife uh, has become a pretty big fan of the podcast. She thinks we're both really funny. She thinks we're entertaining. I think she's great, by the way. I haven't (laughs) met her, but just hearing all this makes me really like her a lot. Colleen, you're awesome. Clearly, she has good taste. No, but so much so, like, it was the middle of the day, a couple days ago, and she's like, she sends me a text. She goes, oh, my gosh, this latest podcast, it was the one about sabotaging, you know, what people do to sabotage their dating life. She goes, this one's amazing. She's like, in particular, the stuff on shiny object syndrome and fatal attraction, like, this is the kind of content women just at every age need to hear more of this stuff. And I was like, Mm. yeah, you know what? You're right. And it's like, there's so many things about dating that like there's complicated, like little nuances and things like, but like some of the basic, basic stuff. I don't know if we've ever really talked about like some of the most foundational basic things. And so that's what I kind of want to talk about today is a dilemma that I think every single dater faces. Well, and I think we provide a different perspective than some coaches out there, or just people in general, is that we're two married guys, okay? Right. Which is just different than I know a lot of coaches out there, experts and so on and so forth, who are single. And they give it from the lens of being in it when you're single. And I think when you're single, you see these kind of short-term shiny objects is mattering more than they do. And then when you're when you're in it for like ten years, you kind of realize like, wow, that was all kind of a distraction. And right. even the clients, or like now we're talking about our clients, like even our clients who have been married for thirty years, and even if they they had an amazing relationship and their husband passes away, and now they're single again, they also get distracted by that. Even if you're like, hey. Um, <laughs> Remember that incredible relationship and marriage you had with your husband? Like, do any of those initial things that brought you to him as far as like the the shiny objects and all that, did any of that matter for the relationship? They'll be like, no, no, no. But even still, they still get tricked by yeah. these things. So it's just, it's a really interesting 
intellectual kind of minefield we have to work through with our clients because um, it is a real dilemma. And I think when you're in it and you're single, you can just get lost in all the minutia, you know? Yeah, and I think the other thing that the reason why I, want, I wanted to talk about this is, I mean, what, what listeners probably don't know is that you and I talk a lot about content outside of the actual podcast. And we were just yeah. having a conversation the other day about, I don't even know ex exactly what it was about, but then you were telling me like, hey, I have this really good idea for a strategy to help people who are dating. And you, we're going to share that later. So we're going we're gonna to get to that. Oh, you're giving um, a tease? Ooh. Ooh, that's a little tease. That's a little podcast 101, little tease. Um <laughs> And so we're going to get to that later. But like, first, I think we really want to unpack the problem. So we've kind of been thrown around this, this idea of shiny object syndrome, this little SOS. And that's just really focusing too much on superficial things that don't really matter that much. Right. right. And, and we've talked about that in a couple other podcasts. So I think there's another one that goes hand in hand. And this is the dilemma I think every dater faces, which is people want to find their partner fast. Yeah. Right. Who doesn't? Everybody. Yeah. Every right. client we have, they yeah. all want the same thing. Yeah. They Two want. months. Hey, find a, find a boyfriend, eight weeks. Guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed. 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 So many programs say, we're going to help you find somebody fast, fast speed, because we hear this from clients all the time. People want instant. They want magic. They want chemistry. And it all sounds very, very, very romantic. But what we try to ask and get them to think about is, is speed, magic, chemistry, all those like high energy, is that what's best for the long-term fulfilling committed relationship that our client, our clients say that they want? Right. And that's, and it's a hugely important distinction. And, and honestly, you know, what has drawn me to, to working with you, Adam, is that unlike so many other programs out there, other programs, like we're going to help you find somebody, we're going to help you find somebody. It's like, Look, you and I both know we've been doing this a, a long enough time and you especially, it's like, you can help somebody find anybody. You can do that quickly. Yeah, it's just so go down fun. to the local pub and find <laughs> Joe drinking Bud Light. And I'm sure he, he might not have all of his teeth, but he'll date you. <laughs> find love someone, find love fast, eight weeks, that's it. And it's it's just the wrong approach. It's the wrong strategy. And it's ironically, it's not a strategy we would use with any other major life decision, right? Like, right. so anybody who's listening, like at some point you're like, maybe you've, you've purchased a car, maybe you've purchased a house. Like when you're doing these big lifelong, long range kinds of decisions, you're not saying, I want to do this fast. I'm going to do this fast. I'm going to do this fast. So it's like, like you wouldn't buy a book that like how to buy a car within 10 minutes as quickly as possible. It's like, right. no, take your time. Take your time. There's no rush. Right. And it's even like sometimes people will do that. And it's like every, I don't know about you, every time I've heard a story about somebody with a car that ends up being a lemon that's just a piece of junk later, it was just like, we actually did a whole podcast about this, so I won't go through, but it's like, it's just they fell in love with like the looks of a car and they didn't bother to look to see that it had 500,000 miles on it and it was going to be a problem. And it's like, we get tricked by the shiny objects and we get tricked by the shiny objects more when we're trying to do things fast. And that's a huge problem. Yeah, I think it just goes back to like this idea of when you're single, it's like things are moving so intensely. Like there's so much emotion involved in it when you meet someone that you really like and it's so exciting and you're going on lots of dates and oh my God, it just feels like such a whirlwind. I feel like it's really hard to just zoom out on your whole life when you're single and starting to date someone that you kind of like. 
like you get so focused in on the short term needs and pleasure. Like even just have I heard back from him or her in our case in the last three hours? Like, whoa, zoom out, zoom out on your entire life. Like, it's okay. Move slow, move slow. Because, and I think that that's what differentiates us from anyone else out there is we're focused on the long lasting relationship that that lasts the rest of your life. So you can do it fast and find someone quickly that will probably likely be low quality, or you can move slow and actually make something last. And it's going to require you to cut a lot of guys out of your life. We're like the anti-fast because we're we're constantly telling clients to say next and break up and move on and raise your standards. The only caveat to all this kind of rant that I don't even know if any of this is following a thread here is that the one thing I will say to do a lot of and to move fast on is meet lots of people. Mm-hmm. So we are like pedal to the metal, meet lots of people, move fast, go on dates. If a guy's as if a guy's asking you online to meet up, go meet up with him, do all that. But when we say move slow, it's much more about the big life events such as ex- exclusivity, moving in together, buying a house together, of course, getting married and sleeping together. Yeah, I mean, so much of the key to, you know, solving this dilemma is some of the things we talk about like dating slow pacing, the importance of patience and discipline. Um, and, and to me, it all comes down to this difference between speed and direction. People focus on speed and how fast they're going. But what they really need to pay more attention to is the direction that they're headed, right? Because if you're going super fast, but in the wrong direction, now, now you're just, you're in a mess. Like you're nowhere near where you want it to end up. You could be going really fast, but like running around in circles. But it's like, the most important thing is to get really, really clear on the direction that you're headed. And then you can go slower, but more intentionally, and you're going to get where you want to go. Like so often what I see clients doing is wanting so badly to go fast that they're trying to win a prize. Like they're trying to find this partner who they consider a prize, but it's actually not even the prize that they want to win. Yeah, right. Are you tired of committing your heart to a man who only just pulls away? Well, if so, we have a very special presentation that's available to our podcast listeners. It's at a special link. It's called hecommits.com, and it's going to walk you through the five secret strategies that make men commit. Head on over to hecommits.com. It's only available for a short period of time. I think you're going to like it a lot. All right, back to the podcast. Well, I think a lot of times people will, will do this in general, which is rather than moving towards something, they're trying to move away from something. So what I mean by that is that when people are trying to move fast in relationships, they probably don't enjoy being single very much. They hate it. The thought of being alone is horrible. So the first time they get any glimpse of an opportunity to not be single, they are on it. So that's why like little love step number one, sorry for anyone who's listening with audio, if that slap got you, I I won't do that again (laughs) in the future. Um, Little love step number one is all about building you up and your confidence and enjoying your life and legitimately loving every single minute of being single. And once you do that, it's crazy. Like the we always say the moment that you love being single, like truly love it, is mm-hmm. the moment a man will come into your life and make you unsingle. Yeah, it's because like all of a sudden you're sending out the right kind of energy or vibes or whatever it is, just the confidence. You exude this confidence 
that guys start paying attention to. You're, you start to be different and you differentiate yourself from all the other women that are out there because there's just, you have a different sense about you, which, which is so important. It's not something you can fake and it's something you have to kind of come to naturally. Um, and it's something that, you know, I, I've seen us help dozens and dozens of women with just in the last couple of months. Right. Yeah. Um, I think it's important too to kind of understand for the women that, you know, and some people are listening to this for like, you know, thinking like, oh my gosh, they got me. This is totally me. This sounds like me. Um, you have to kind of understand where this is coming from. And I think a big piece is anxious attachment, right? We won't kind of go into a long thing on that, but it's just like a strong desire and need to build connections with others because you're worried about being alone. You're worried about being abandoned. Um, if you yourself are feeling unfulfilled, like you don't have enough going on in your life, you're trying to fill in the blanks, so to speak, with somebody else, and you want to fill it in fast because it's it's uncomfortable. And that goes to your point about you know being comfortable being single because you know we don't want we don't want you to be afraid of being single. Like the whole thing is like you should be single, have an amazing, full, complete life that any other person would love to be a part of. Once you have that, then you're relationship ready. Yeah, yeah, you're just naturally going to attract the right type of people in your life once you really enjoy that, and you're going to be comfortable moving slow because you know, even if it doesn't work out, you're going to be okay. Yep. You know, you have an anxious attachment style in your head. You have this monologue or this narration that, like, I can't lose this person. I got to hold on. What's going to happen if he doesn't call me back? Oh my god, I'm not going to be okay. And that's stemming from a lot of programming, likely stemming from childhood and, and beyond. But uh, it's something that you need to be aware of as you're going through this. And um, I, I think with that as well, like there is some programming, like just in society for moving fast. Like my parents, just as an example, I just told you my mom celebrated her 80th uh, birthday a couple of days ago. It was really Aww. sweet. It was really cute. We had a big party. And my dad gave a speech Actually, it was my uncle who gave the speech and reminded all of us that they met and within three days, they were living together. And everyone's like, oh, <laughs> it was just like such a sweet moment. And it is. It's so sweet. And yes, it did work for them. It did. Right. right. They've been together for, I don't know, 50 years or something, 45 years. Um, but does that mean it's the right strategy? No. But like societally, we look at that as being like a really strong, a good sign. But in reality, like actually, like no one would tell the story if you're like, yeah, when she first met him, she really like kind of slowed it down, wanted to get to know him first, let it go for about four or five months and just really kept him at bay. Like it's not quite as romantic as like they immediately started living together. There's just something very beautiful about like the love at first sight, instant clicking and that's it. Yeah. But, you know, I think there's also the reality that, you know, your parents, when they started dating, they got and all that happened. I mean, that was literally literally another century, right? It was the 1900s. Like, that's a yeah. different, like, my daughter reminds me of this all the time. Like, so much of what I've experienced was in the 1900s. And it's like, it's different now. Yeah. And I think, like, that's a reality that we all have to just kind of accept is, like, things, like, what seemed romantic was more practical then for a whole host of reasons. Yeah. That you just don't have to do it that way anymore. And now it pays off being more intentional, being more thoughtful, being more systematic, being more thorough in who you're dating, that's going to help you have the long-term relationship. It's like your, those stories are amazing of, of like your parents for 50 years. Like my, my parents have been married for 40 plus years. I mean, they've been married a long time too. And it's like, 
they're the exception in a lot of ways. Like they're not, it's not the rule. And yeah. it's just, I think things were different back then. I, I just think it's a matter of risk. Like, yeah. let's say they had moved a little bit slower, still would have worked out, but it would have been de-risked for my mom to like move in with this random guy. Or actually I think it was the opposite. I think he moved in with her. Um, it's just high risk. That's it. Like do, if you bet your equity in your house, you bet it on red, like, yeah, sometimes that works out and that's great, but we want to be, <laughs> it also sometimes really doesn't work out. And now suddenly you're living with someone who you just met a week ago and you're like, shit, how do I get out of this? We actually have a client dealing with this currently right now. You're going to hear from her on Thursday. I won't get into too many details because you're taking over my mastermind. It's coming Thursday, but um, moved in really, really quickly with a guy. And she'd done that previous to joining this program is trying to figure out how to navigate this. Her question actually was how do is still, she's asked this multiple masterminds, how do I slow it down with someone after we've moved in together? And they've only known each other for a very short, or they've been only been dating for a very short period of time. And I'm like, you can't. <laughs> yeah. You can't unring that bell. You can't like, I mean, once you were cohabitating with a person, there's no like slowing it down. She's like, yeah, well, he's trying to say he loves me. I'm like, you live together. It makes yeah. sense. You know, yeah. you got to move out. Um, yeah. Him saying, I love you after you've moved in together is it, that's on brand. Like that's, that's literally kind of what you want, right? Like, yeah. I mean, if anything, you want to be in a loving relationship for many, many months before you right. live together. Like that's right. crazy town. Um, I, I want to underscore something you said earlier, because I think it's really, really important, which is it worked out for your parents. They were very, very quick, but had they gone slow, it still would have worked out because right. obviously if it was meant to work out in three days, there's nothing that three more weeks, three more months, that's not going to derail something that obviously was going to work. And I think that is so important for people to hear. Like if you're worried that slowing things down is going to blow up this relationship, that's huge. That you're you're telling yourself something and you're sending up the red flag to say like, wait, wait a second, this actually isn't as good as you think it is. Because three months, three weeks, whatever, is not going to derail a good thing between two people. That's so true. Yeah, it's all just about risk. You know, what... Once you start diving in, you start making certain decisions, some are very, very hard to get out of. And we want to be super cautious about that before we make that happen. So, yeah, I mean, I just think this is a, a massive dilemma that I think a lot of people go through when they're finding love. And when you're in it and you're single, like it just feels so good to move fast, to move forward, to just feel those feelings and jump right in. But um, like we said, like, Always just keep in mind where it is you ultimately want to go. Where do you want to be in the next 30 years? And I think your teaser earlier, I yes. think it's probably Here appropriate come. to bring this in, which Perfect. we're talking about anytime you oh – God, I'm not going to say it as well as I said it last time. I know you put in some notes here, but Gary, help me. What did I say last time? So we were talking about like, how do we help people? Because everything we do is about a strategy. It's like, we can talk a lot about a lot of ideas, but it's like, how do you actually help people put this into practice? And so we were yeah. talking about like how to slow people down and how to give people perspective and how to help them priori prioritize the right things currently that's going to help them for long-term fulfilling relationships. Mm, and you said yes. you listen to a podcast. You got to know. 
Yes. Yep. I was listening to a podcast and he was saying similar advice in a different context, like speak to your 80 year old self. Like what would your 80 year old self say to you when you're making this decision? Like if you're really stressed about something, would your 80 year old self say this decision really matters at all in the grand scheme of life? Probably not. Or like where they say like you're this decision, you're making the right decision that will ultimately serve me, your 80 year old self. Like it kind of changes the tone of the decision. And so I think for us and what we do, I think, yeah, speaking to your 80 year old self is good, but you can also just speak to your married self. Like when you are married in that healthy long-term relationship, what would that person advise you to do right now? And let's say you're talking to a guy who is emotionally unavailable. He's not treating you very well. He's being flaky. What would she say to you right now? What would your married self say to you? She'd be like, what are you doing, dude? Chill out. Like, be done with this guy. Like, just have a conversation with her. What would your married self say? Um, If you're like, I don't know, I really get nervous going to social events. I really don't want to go to the singles event. This is probably going to be really lame. What would your married self say? Married self would be like, go. You want to turn into this? Like, go make it happen. You want to be me? Like, you got to go make things happen. Go, go do it. And it's like, it just allows you to kind of zoom out on everything you're doing. And, um, or the classic examples, let's say you're in a, a serious relationship with someone. I think this is the hardest one who, you know, you're not going to marry. Like you just know this person's not right for me. What would your married self say to you? You'd be like, get out of that as soon as possible because you're just delaying me from being married to the married self, you know? Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's like, I think that's such a helpful tool because sometimes these things can be difficult to talk to others about, or you might not have other people in your life that are going to actually offer really wise counsel about these kinds of things. And so it's a way to kind of mentor yourself, but to give yourself perspective and taking perspective is really important when it comes to relationships because so much of what we do in relationships is emotional, right? It's visceral. It, it's, it's, we're, it's reactive. And so this helps you step back and be a little bit more objective, a little bit more clear headed about it. Um, Cause I think one of the things your married self is going to say, and I think this one's really important is stop giving yourself so many rules, stop having so many musts for yourself, right? Like I know we have clients, you know, they'll say like, I need to find a partner by December or by the time I'm 42 or by the time this happens. It's like, that's unnecessary pressure. That's actually not going to help you find the person that you want. The other thing I think the married self would say is stop being a baby about things. And what I mean by that is like, sometimes we'll have people that say, I just need to find somebody fast. I just, I don't want to, I don't feel like online dating. So, or I don't feel like going out and meeting people. So I just want to find the first person, make it work with them and then be done with it. And it's like, again, it kind of goes back to the whole buying a car, buying a house or any kind of big decision. It's like, that's not how you want to make a decision. It's like, if you, if you don't like online dating, get better at it. It's a skill like anything else. If you don't like meeting people, again, it's a skill. You can get better at it. And it, it's don't let like those short-term problems or discomforts or awkwardness derail long-term implications, right? It's just not the smart way to approach things. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it de-escalates small fro- problems from to, from being big problems. Like if a guy ghosts on you, your married self would be like, well, he wasn't the guy you're going to marry anyways. Yep. And then it also escalates 
big decisions into those big decisions, right? Like moving in with a guy and not just doing that flippantly and just like, like, oh, you know what? Uh, I'm breaking my lease. I'm just going to go for it and just see see where it goes. Your marriage self would be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a second. Hold on, cowgirl. Let's let's see where the thing goes. Um, it's funny. As we're talking, I told you, Gary, offline, I am going to be an officiant this weekend. Um, it's not for a client. It's for one of my good friends, actually Jessica's best friend growing up. And I'm, I'm going to be officiating the wedding. And the funny thing about this one is I'm writing my like officiant speech right now <laughs> is uh, I, I have a whole kind of opening line to it where she when she was dating and she was single she was always looking for like a really tall guy she was always like oh god if only i could like just be the guy who's like six one six two like those are the only guys she really, she's very attractive and interestingly enough the guy that she's marrying is actually six three mm-hmm. but now that they're together this is the most irrelevant thing in the world like this guy is 6'3", super successful, like all of these things. Not once do any of those things come – like it's uh, the height in particular. Let's just focus on mm-hmm. that. Not once does that ever come up at all. Like she doesn't even see it anymore. Like it's literally – it's one of those things like after a couple months, it's just like it's gone. No one cares. Right. The only time it matters is when a new person meets him and is like, oh, wow, you're tall. And she probably feels like <laughs> a little good for a second. But it's like other than that, it's so so irrelevant. Whereas, like, I'm telling you, when she was dating, like, she would not even consider a guy who's, like, under 5'11". So, yeah, and I, I think that's the last piece that the marriage itself is going to be really good at helping you gain perspective on is what actually really matters. Like, what matters for long-term success and helping you optimize for long-term qualities, not short-term, shiny objects, speed, fastening, superficial things that are easy to notice. But it's like, what are those long-term qualities? Like how good your partner is at holding a conversation, like having an intellectual conversation, having a kind and understanding and supportive conversation. Like those things really matter. Not how many inches he is off the ground or the number of dollars in a bank account, all that stuff just doesn't matter as much on a day-to-day basis. And it's like something we say a lot in the program is your partner needs to be your best friend. And so you think about all the qualities your best friend has. You don't pick best friends based on their attractiveness, how tall they are, how much is in their bank account, any of that kind of stuff, because that stuff, frankly, doesn't matter. And so it's the same thing for your romantic partner. And so talking to your married self helps give you that perspective. And then if you take it to heart, will help you optimize accordingly. And just for clarity, I think we say a lot of things assuming that like people are in Love Accelerator and there's some nuance when we say... Of course, being attracted to someone matters. So like just a quick like asterisk that I want to say on what Gary just said, like, oh, it doesn't matter. Of course, if you want to be attracted, deeply attracted to the person that you're with, it's just that there are certain qualities that if you can actually just look past them in the short term, like for first couple of dates, give someone an opportunity, that attraction will actually grow much deeper than it might if you're only going after the six, three guy, you know? And, and so that's just like the quick nuance I want to throw in because I know what you meant, Gary, but I want to make sure everyone else does. Yeah. It's about optimizing and prioritizing. Right. And so it's not that attraction is unimportant or zero importance. It's, it's obviously important. It's just not as important as other things uh, when you, when you're thinking long-term. Yep. 
So Gary, uh, you're going to help me with this speech, right? Sure. <laughs> I got him on. You all heard it on recording. I love it. <laughs> Gary, this is a fun one, man. I appreciate it. Hopefully we, we help some people with uh, some reframes here and uh, I appreciate this. This is great. Sure thing, Adam. Thanks. All right. So now we're at the end of the podcast and hopefully you got a lot of really great information from this podcast. But as we know, information can only take you so far. It's time to take some action. So what I recommend you do now is head on over to loveapply.com. It's going to walk you through a series of questions and then you'll be able to book what we call a complimentary love strategy session. Yes, you've heard it. Someone on my team is going to get on a phone call with you, be able to understand your situation, what it is that you're struggling with in your love life and create that strategy to help you attract that man, that relationship you truly deserve. So take that action, go make it happen. We cannot wait to speak with you. Loveapply.com. And uh, yeah, let's help you create that love life you truly deserve. All right. Speak soon. Bye-bye.